Chapter 15 As Victoria opened the front door to the house, familiar music greeted her ears. She crossed the entryway to the family room, where Louisa sat snuggled under a blanket on the couch, eyes glued to the TV. Victoria laughed. I see you've changed your tune since our last sister movie night. She pulled another blanket from the basket by the sofa, then scooted next to her sister. The warmth of the cover thawed her frozen fingers. A frown wrinkled Louisa's forehead. What do you mean? You decided to watch Pride and Prejudice after all. I thought you were a die-hard Little Women fan. Louisa burrowed further into her blanket. Why can't I like both? You can. Victoria raised her eyebrows. But you claimed Elizabeth Bennet didn't do much besides read and play the piano. With a twinkle in her eye, Louisa smiled. Perhaps I was prejudiced. Besides, I like to read and play the piano. They're two of my favorite hobbies. A quick glance at the screen showed Mr. Darcy about to make his awkward first proposal. Louisa grimaced. I hate that they're so mean to each other in this scene. I want them to get along. She dropped her gaze. But I suppose they must lose their pride to experience the joy of companionship. The corners of Victoria's mouth twitched. Such an astute girl for her age. The little scholar leaned her head against Victoria's chest. How'd your audition go? Victoria's stomach muscles clenched. Not well. I played under tempo. I must up at the end and had to repeat the whole passage. I wouldn't be surprised if Franklin takes my spot as concertmaster. Louisa looked up, eyes filled with concern. I'm sure you were great. Try not to worry about it. Thanks. Victoria gave her a tight squeeze. I should have practiced sooner to familiarize myself with the passages. You've had a lot on your plate. Do you know how Adrian did? Adrian the traitor? I have no idea. Are you still mad because Jerry asked her out? Well, Victoria fumbled with the blanket in her hands. It turns out he didn't ask her on a date. A confused expression creased Louisa's face. Why did Adrian say he had? He'd asked her to play in a band with Eddie, some guitarist named Matt, and himself. I'm surprised he didn't ask you. Me, too. He figured I was too busy. You have been stressed. Maybe it's for the best. I suppose, Victoria shrugged. But why did a part of her cry out in protest? It's not like she wanted to be in a band. They have a concert tonight at Café Chocolat. Don't you think, Louisa said, a note of pleading in her voice, that since those two aren't a couple, you and Adrian should patch things up? The clenched muscles in Victoria's stomach twisted into a firm knot. Adrian made me think they were a couple to annoy me. She took in a deep breath, then expelled it. At least Jerry wasn't implicated. Louisa's green eyes sparkled. Maybe he'll ask you out now. Victoria shook her head. I doubt it. Not based on what he said this afternoon. Her cheeks burned at the recollection. That was a low blow, Victoria, after she'd worked so hard. The sting of his reproach knifed her in the gut. The door to the room burst open and Stella flounced in. Her blonde curls bounced up and down as she skipped around the room. Marie followed close behind, apron in hand. Do you work tonight? Victoria asked. Marie nodded. You all should come. The guy's band is playing. Victoria pursed her lips. With Adrian. Yes. 
Marie paused, a look of confusion on her face. It should be better than last time. Jerry wrote out the parts for her. Come on, Victoria! Stella tugged on her arm. It sounds like fun, and I'm in the mood for hot chocolate. Victoria frowned. But it's a school night. Aw, don't be such a party pooper. Marie gave her a pointed look. Let her come. You don't have to stay for the whole set. All right. Victoria peeled herself off the couch. If Mom and Dad don't mind. Mom has rehearsal and Dad got called back to the hospital, Stella said. They won't know. I'm not sure it's best to hide it from them, Victoria folded her arms. But I guess it couldn't hurt to bring you along. Yes! Stella jumped up and down with excitement. Give me a couple of minutes to change clothes. In spite of it being a Monday night, people crammed into every corner at Café Chocolat. A strong scent of espresso filled the air. Victoria glanced at the stage where the guys were setting up. The guitarist, Matt, wore a checkered flannel shirt and cowboy boots, while Eddie sported a t-shirt and jeans. Victoria's eyes moved to Jerry, who plugged several cores into the amp. His black t-shirt, emblazoned with flames and dark jeans, seemed a far cry from his tux. But somehow it still suited him. She scanned the stage. No sign of Adrian. Maybe she got cold feet. Behind the counter, Marie was already taking orders. She'd left before they did because Stella's couple of minutes to change had taken a half hour. When she'd finally descended the staircase, her sequined pink dress and ballet flats had sparkled in the lamplight. Louisa stepped up to order. I'll have a salted caramel hot chocolate and a mint truffle. Stella stood on tiptoe. And I'll have a raspberry mocha. Marie laughed. No, you won't. The last thing you need is coffee. But I could make you a raspberry hot chocolate if you'd like. Okay. And for you, Victoria? Marie reached for the tea bags. Chamomile. An impish grin spread across Marie's face. Partying hard tonight. I need to calm my nerves after those blind auditions. What genius came up with the bright idea that we should play in front of a screen? Victoria grimaced. On that note, I'll throw in a couple more truffles. Marie winked. Looks like the band's about to start. You guys better find a place to sit. Victoria spotted a small circular table and chairs off to her right. She waved Stella and Louisa to follow her. Behind his trap set, Eddie played a drum roll as Marie climbed on stage and faced the audience. Ladies and gents, thank you for your presence here tonight. Let's give it up for the band Drum and String. The coffee shop erupted with hoots and hollers. Matt took a bow, then strummed his guitar with a rapid motion. Jerry jumped in with a catchy bass line. For a moment, Victoria caught his eye. He gave a slight smile and then lowered his gaze to the guitar. Was he still mad at her from earlier? Marie brought over the drinks and handed them to her sisters. Seconds later, Matt's powerful baritone filled the room. Warmth spread through Victoria's chest as she sipped her tea. The addition of bass guitar certainly heightened the intensity, but where was Adrian? After their third song, Matt grabbed the microphone. For this next number, let's give it up for our violist, Adrian Pearson. Applause greeted her as Adrian emerged from backstage and took her place at the mic. She scintillated in her sequined gold top and skinny jeans, paired with spiky-heeled jeweled sandals. When Adrian drew her bow across the strings, the audience fell silent. She was playing from memory. The music sounded familiar, like a classical viola piece. Adrian began with a soft tone, then grew to a powerful crescendo. 
Eddie joined her with an explosion of drums, followed by the blast of guitars. Everyone cheered as Adrian took a step back to make room for Matt at the mic. At the end of the first set, Stella sprinted to the stage. That was awesome! Matt grinned. Looks like we've found our number one fan. What's your name, little miss? Stella Pearson, he chuckled. I might have guessed. How many of you Pearson girls are there? Five. I'm the youngest. Stella propped a hand at her waist. Are you a musician, too? Her blue eyes sparkled. Yes, I'm a singer. And dress for the part, I see. What do you say we bring you up for our next song? Really? She jumped up and down with excitement. Sure, he waved her up on stage. Let us know what you want to perform. As Matt helped Stella, Jerry hopped down and pulled Victoria aside. Hey, thanks for coming tonight. It means a lot. She shrugged. The girls wanted hot chocolate. Actually, Stella wanted a coffee. That would be disastrous. She's already bouncing off the walls. His eyes moved to the table where Louisa sat, book in one hand, hot chocolate in the other. I see Louisa is in her happy place. Yes. Jerry moved next to Victoria. So close his body heat warmed her arm. I'm glad to see you're out and about tonight. I wasn't sure you would be after the audition results. What? They've already sent them? Victoria's hand fluttered to her chest. His eyes widened. You haven't seen them yet. She shook her head. This couldn't be good. Victoria bit her lip. I'm afraid to ask. Did Franklin take my spot as concertmaster? Jerry averted his eyes. She took a deep breath. I figured he might. I didn't play well. He'll never let me hear the end of it. I hate sitting by him. Wrinkles creased Jerry's brow. The good news is you won't have to. Why not? A surge of panic flooded her body. He wrung his hands. Your fourth chair. She staggered backward as the force of the information registered. But who took second and third chairs? Franklin and I are the only senior violinists. A couple of juniors, or maybe one of them is a sophomore. I'm not sure. The whirring sensation in her head made the room spin. She plopped onto a chair. Jerry followed suit and enveloped her in his arms. Maybe it's for the best. You've had too much stress. Now you won't have the pressure of concertmaster on your shoulders. The muscles in her body tightened. She scooted away from him. You're a cellist. You don't understand how hard I've worked to become concertmaster. Johann Conservatory won't even look at me if I'm fourth chair. You're right. He pulled his arm away and stood up. Cellists don't understand what it's like to be a concertmaster. We're not given that opportunity.